Well, if you had Russell Wilson, Austin Eckler, James Conner, oh, uh, Alvin Kamara, congratulations. Odds are you probably won your fantasy week this week. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the week three wrap-up show here on the Basement Talk Podcast fantasy show. I am your host, Ed Bertzel. Obviously, Adam Castor is not here today. He is celebrating the Jewish holiday, so hopefully he has a, um, a healthy, safe, easy fast. But today... We have brought in someone that can definitely hold his own weight. You know him from the Basement Talk Podcast, Quotational. It is, well, some would say patient zero, but in this case, it is Chris Corbett. Chris, hello, sir. How are you? Doing good. He calls me patient zero because I, uh, I have come down with a case of, of coronavirus. But, you know, we're doing well. I just want to give a shout out to, I know, Ed ran through a couple uh, big names from this week in fantasy, but I'll shout out some. Some nice randoms that I would like to bring up. Uh, shout out Cedric Wilson, 28 Ooh. fantasy points this week. Uh, shout out Justin Jefferson. What a, what a day for him, even though the Vikings are terrible. Uh, 30 and a half PPR points. Um, so just some, just some randoms to, to shout out. Alan Lazard, you can get in there too. You're kind of a random, but. Kind of, uh, kind of. And, and actually, it's a very good segue into the first part of the show that we're going to be talking about. So we're going to do the whole waiver show tomorrow, but. Right off the bat, I want you to give me your top three waiver wire ads of the week. Go. I know I just talked about Wilson and, and Lazard, but I'm still, I mean, no Devontae Adams. Uh, I'm not really interested in, in, in Alan Lazard. There are some key guys that should be off your waiver wires, but if you're in not as deep leagues, say maybe an eight or 10 man league, it, it's actually probably not 10, probably an eight man league. You got to make sure guys like Jarek McKinnon, James Robinson, got names that, that should be off the waiver wire. You should be making sure that those guys are picked up. I will say that James Robinson is 88% owned, and yeah, that, Jarek McKinnon is, if I could just find him on here, Jarek McKinnon is 66% owned. Other than that, I, my top guy, I love Jeff Wilson. Um, I think while those running backs, um, Mostert and Coleman are out, I think Wilson is, is great because the running game is so dynamic. Um, and staying in San Francisco um, with all the injuries they've had, Brandon Ayuk, he's another guy that I'm, that I'm pretty interested in as well. Um, he had about 21, 22 fantasy points yesterday. And the third one I'd go with is I actually really like T Higgins. I think AJ Green has not been, has not been himself up until this point. Um, Tyler Boyd has garnered a lot of targets, but the Bengals are just always losing. They're always losing football games. And when you're always losing football games, you have to throw the ball. And that's why going into this week, Joe Burrow had the most uh, pass attempts in the league. So yeah, I like I like T Higgins. I'm sure you have some some different some different guys. Those are some wild cards. But well, I'll be getting to those tomorrow. But the, I wanted to, definitely wanted to get yours uh, for today, as we are going to swiftly move on from waivers and guys that you know there's promise with to guys that many people are very very concerned with. So we are going to go right into the dropometer. And you could call it the how concerned are you meter You can call it the drop meter You can call it whatever you want. So we're going to just go look into guys that people are, are definitely concerned with and guys that I think people are going to want answers with. And I would think that the top guy on that list, at least for maybe the named position players, has got to be T.Y. Hilton. And many people are just wanting to know what in the hell is going on with T.Y. Hilton. Three catches for 52 yards, has not had a game yet this season where he's topped more than 53 yards. 
and he's had pretty good matchups as well against Jacksonville, against Minnesota, and against the Jets. And he just has not been able to do much with it. So scale of 1 to 10, Chris, in terms of 0 being you're not necessarily dropping him, 5 being you're benching him, 10 being you're dropping him, uh, where's T.Y. Hilton for you? I'd actually put him at around a 7. He's on my bench, no doubt. Until he shows that he is going to be highly targeted, his snap count is going to go up. And first off, he's going to be able to catch the ball. He's having a, he's having an issue with drops as well. He's got to be on your bench. There, there's just no way you can play him. He's had three. He's probably had the easiest schedule for a wide receiver up until this point. Um, I wouldn't go as far as to say I would definitely drop him. If you're in an eight to ten man league, maybe just eight, I think you could drop him. Um, ten man and above, I, I would hold on to him for now because he is playing with a new quarterback. The rapport might just not be there yet, and he could be a guy that ends up having a good end to the season. He's still T.Y. Hilton. Um, he's still a good player. You don't want to get rid of him just yet, but he can't be in your lineup. There, there, there's just simply no way um, until we see it from him. But I'd say another one to two weeks of him giving you subpar performances with low snap counts, I, I'd think about, about dropping him. Yeah, he's, he's at about a five for me. I think that he's definitely, you know, you're definitely putting him on your bench until you see it. You know, I would say if there's someone out there on your waiver wire that you like more than T.Y. Hilton, then you go ahead and you drop T.Y. Hilton and you go pick him up. Like I said, in eight to 10-man leagues, I think you can probably afford it if there is someone that you really, really like on your waiver wire. So rest of season, who would you rather have, T.Y. Hilton or Michael Gallup? You know, I'd actually go with Michael Gallup. Um, mm. Even though there's a lot of mouths to feed in Dallas, uh, I would go with Michael Gallup because he's a young talent that's playing on a, a budding offense. Um, and, and I think the touchdown upside is, is still just there. As we saw this week, he was good. He was good this week. Yeah, I'd, I would go with Michael Gallup as well. Uh, T.Y. Hilton or Russell Gage? I would go with T.Y. Hilton here. I think Russell Gage's numbers have been – really inflated so far um he's also he also was injured yesterday yeah. so that 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 would contribute to it injury aside maybe we have a, a discussion there but ty hilton or another guy you could very easily put in this dropometer how worried are you or meter uh, discussion jarvis landry personally i would go that's that's really close wow um for me i would rather have ty hilton Okay, I think I, I think I would rather have T.Y. Hilton. I think just the, the upside is higher with him. Because we know you, when Jarvis Landry is at his best, you know what you're getting. And, 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 and T.Y. Hilton at his best, you're getting something better than that. Um, so I'd go with T.Y. Hilton too, especially with the injuries in Indianapolis. All right, so the next guy we'll talk about here, Joe Mixon. Oh, I mean, he's getting the volume, so that's something that obviously is helping him. But the receptions are down. The yards are down. He's only averaging about 3.2 yards per carry. I mean, I don't really know. I mean, I'm a Joe Mixon owner. I'm a Joe Mixon truther. And even then, I'm really, really nervous about Joe Mixon. And it's getting to a point where I believe I talked about it uh, on the week three preview on Friday where I said it's getting really, really hard to continue to put Joe Mixon in my top 15 running backs for the week let alone continue to endorse people starting him. And I'll tell you right now, a team where I am absolutely hemorrhaging, where I have Barkley out, Cortland Sutton out, now Chris Godwin out, my only real marquee guy, so to speak, is Joe Mixon. 
I'm hoping and praying that he goes off week four against Jacksonville so I can just get the hell out. Yep. You, yeah, you're, you're looking to ship him out for anything you possibly can of value. Yeah. Um, it's disappointing. I mean, if you just look at the guys he was drafted near now for two years in a row, I mean, you have in a lot of leagues, he, he was drafted before guys like Aaron Jones, uh, guys like Austin Eckler. Um, he, he went before DeAndre Hopkins in leagues. He, he even went before Julio in leagues. So th- this, is, this is a guy that you were expecting to come in and, and give you some weeks where he's scoring over 20. And if not, he's sitting in that 15 to 18 range. He is, he has just been extremely poor two years, two years in a row. He's come out of the game. I mean, you saw at the end of last year, what the potential is. And I think mix that Mixon could reach that level at some point, especially if Joe Burrow continues to improve that offense is going to continue to get better. But I think one of the biggest things that hurts Joe Mixon too is the Bengals' defense. The Bengals' yeah. defense is, is horrendous. And even though it didn't look that bad against the Eagles yesterday, the Eagles are also pretty terrible. The defense just lets up so many points, and it's hard to keep pounding and pounding the rock when you're losing football games, especially when Mixon is ineffective. Where would you have him on the, uh, the drop-o-meter? I have him at about a four. Yeah, I, I mean, he, him, I, I think I would agree because I think in, in certain – scenarios especially against Jacksonville I think you're still playing him this week depending on on your roster but he's getting close to that 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 bench area especially with these guys coming off the waiver wire like like a James Robinson like like Rex Burkhead this week who just went bonkers I mean these are guys you can plug and play that are giving you more points in the mix and it's very interesting that you uh, you mentioned Rex Burkhead he's a uh he, I guess he's sort of the poster child for the, uh, for the next segment that we have is how relevant are they? So let's just go right into – well, first, before we get there, let's just look at uh, rest of season for Joe Mixon. So rest of season, would you rather have Joe Mixon or David Montgomery? With the injury to Tariq Cohen, I would actually have, rather have David Montgomery. I'm not there yet. I think I'd rather have Joe Mixon, but I think they're both kind of in the same boat. But I will say the opportunity is he may not have a better opportunity to become the guy in Chicago than he does right now with no Tariq Cohen, of course, out with that torn ACL. Uh, Joe Mixon or James Robinson? I know it's 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 this is, might be some some recency bias, but what we've seen from James Robinson, if he's going to catch the football, I mean he, he's going to be he's going to be good. I, I would go with James Robinson. I'm also very, pretty down on Joe Mixon, and I always have been, so um, I, I don't have too much faith there. I would rather have James Robinson over Joe Mixon. I think that that's damning to say about just how bad Joe Mixon has been and how bad the offensive line is for Cincinnati. Joe Mixon or either one of the Tampa Bay running backs? Joe Mixon. Uh, the, the Tampa Bay running backs and, and that situation there, uh, I just, to be honest, I want absolutely no part of it. Yeah, that's plain and simple. I'll give you your opportunity now. Joe Mixon or Le'Veon Bell? <laughs> uh, you do this to me as a Jets fan. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm taking Joe Mixon. I I don't want any player ever on the Jets anymore. <laughs> ever. Oh, that's very fair. I I can't say I really blame you. All right, so let's get into how relevant are they? And of course, the first guy that we're going to go and talk about here is, of course, Mr. Rex Burkhead. And 
many people picked him up as just an exploratory ad and just left him on their bench thinking, nope, okay, you know, that's that. And I can say that I did play against uh, Rex Burkhead this week. And I was, to say I was livid would be a complete understatement. Six carries, 49 yards, two touchdowns, seven receptions, 49 yards, and a touchdown, 34.8 fantasy points in full point PPR. He he was an ultimate opportunist, I guess. You know, Sony Michelle had over 100 yards rushing for the game. But really, when it came down to, you know, really getting the cleanup work and, you know, getting into the end zone, Bill Belichick and that Patriots offense, Josh McDaniels, they turned to Rex Burkhead. And I guess, how relevant are they, Chris? How likely, on a scale of 0 to 10, are you to add Rex Burkhead this week? Who's owned in very few leagues. He's owned in 21% of leagues, so he's available in 79%. I mean, the guy, <laughs> he scored three touchdowns this week. I mean, you're not, he's 19 carries on the year. It's, you're, not, you're not going and shelling out um, for this guy, even though he had a fantastic week. I mean, seven receptions this week, too. Yeah, that, that's a lot of catches. He had an unbelievable matchup, and he got lucky. He got into the end zone three times. Is he worth having on your bench? Yeah, probably, because if, God forbid, you have guys on a bye week or something like that or someone gets injured and you really need a plug-and-play one week, sure, Rex Burkhead, he showed you the potential he could give you. But, I mean, once James White is, is back and fired up, I, I mean, I don't, I don't see how Rex Burkhead maintains this sort of receiving volume. So I'd say with, with I guess, five, 10 being must-add, zero being don't even touch him, give him a, a, a three or four? I gave him a two. Okay, yeah. I gave him a two. He would. He does not even crack my top three uh, waiver ads for the week. Here's a, bit, here's a bit of an interesting one because I think people – I got a lot of questions about this given the, uh, the Cowboy Homer that I am of where this guy fits into the overall plan of what Dallas is doing on offense. And the real, the real answer is I have no idea. And that's Cedric Wilson. He had nail for nail against the Rams, nail for nail against the Falcons, but then has five for a buck seven in two touchdowns on seven targets against the Seahawks. So I don't know what the game plan is with Cedric Wilson. He was a fifth round pick out of Boise State. I mean, if I had to say, you know, where I would rank him on the how relevant are they O-meter, I would say maybe a four. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I'd probably go a little lower than that, honestly. I'd, I'd say a two or three just because, yeah. I mean, there's so many options. There's so many weapons there. He's the fourth receiver there. Arguably fifth if you want to put Dalton Schultz ahead of him. Yeah. I yeah. mean, he, he – he, and you said it best. No receptions up until this point. And they had a monster week in what possibly could be the best matchup for a wide receiver going up against Russell Wilson and the Seahawks, who are just going to continue to score. Yeah. Um, you could even say that he's the sixth best receiver, you know, yeah. if you're going to put Zeke in there as well. So I'm, I'm not. He also he made his, his money on some very big plays. Yeah. Uh, one thing I was impressed, he's got some speed. The guy can yeah, run. he does. Guy he, does. He, he was he was burning corners in the secondary, but I th- I think it's great for the Cowboys to have 
a speedster like that. But I, I, if I'm a fantasy manager, I'm not. I'm not going anywhere near him. How about the guy you talked about at the top of the show, Justin Justin Jefferson? He was only projected for two catches and thirty yards. Ended up getting seven catches, a buck seventy five, a touchdown on nine targets against the Tennessee Titans. I mean, this is a guy that people were pretty high on coming out of LSU, and there were reports that he was struggling in training camp against the second teamers, but I mean, he had himself an unbelievable day. He is available in around 67% of fantasy leagues. I would say for Justin Jefferson, I would say in terms of how relevant is he, I would say he's about a seven in yep, – Full PPR in non PPR, I would say he's probably about a five. Yep, I, I, I would probably go. I think I would go with a, a five actually for Justin Jefferson. The reason being is if you watched what happened on the other side of the field with Adam Thielen, he didn't really have a good day. And in the future, I would expect more of these targets to to funnel towards Thielen as opposed to Jefferson. He scored on a big play touchdown. That's not going to be necessarily reliable um, for him to score on these big plays. One thing I will say is, though, he, he, the situation is, even though the Vikings love running the ball with Davin Cook, they have one of the worst defenses in the league, and, and they're going to be losing in games. They're going to have to throw. So you're, I think if you're a manager and you need receivers, you're, you're putting in a claim for Jefferson, definitely. But I wouldn't – if you're in fab, I wouldn't go and shell out, you know – 15% of your budget for him. I agree. Uh, we'll talk about one more receiver before we get into the games. And you also mentioned him at the top of the program, Mr. Alan Lazard. Six catches, a buck 46, and a touchdown on eight targets against the New Orleans Saints. Clearly was the go to guy for Aaron Rodgers when they weren't running the ball with Aaron Jones. I would say for Alan Lazard, I, I would say he's probably my top guy for the week on waivers. I would say that he's probably around a nine in okay. full PPR. I would say a seven in non. Okay. I think he's, I think he has a role. I really do outside of even when Devontae Adams is healthy. I think that he's a guy that can get you still five, six catches a week. And it takes some pressure off of Devontae Adams to consistently be the guy. Yeah, I think the one thing I just worry about is we see this all the time with the Packers. You, you have Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones who, who are just absolute studs and they're just raking in fantasy points. And then one week it's MVS, one week it's Lazard. you got Robert Tonian who's had big weeks in the past. You have Chase Sternberger who's getting targets. And it's just, it's just Aaron Rodgers being Aaron Rodgers and just being able – to make anybody look like a wide receiver one. I think once Devontae comes back, you'll see that inconsistency come up. But I do I do like Lazard. I would probably put him at around a seven in full PPR. But I, I wouldn't go as high as to say a, a nine. I think the matchup, though, is just terrific for him. Monday night next week at home against Atlanta, who are yeah, just you're start, yeah, you're, you're, hemorrhaging you're, points. You're starting – your receivers against that the Atlanta Falcons. You yes. just you're starting them every time. <laughs> I would say, you know, if you have Devontae Adams and he is available, Alan Lazard is available in your leagues, I would say you better do your damnest to go pick him up just so you can have arguably the number one pass catcher for the Green Bay Packers in your lineup next week, whether it is going to be Devontae Adams or whether it is going to be 
Alan Lazard. So let's just go and run through these games. Let's start with, we talked about the Thursday night. Let's talk about, let's just do the one that I think we all should be talking about right away. And that is the Chicago Bears and the Atlanta Falcons. Well, well, that happened again. Yeah. Nick Foles is the starter now. Yay. Yay. Great. We 188 yards when he came in, three touchdowns, a pick, which should have been a touchdown to Allen Robinson. Tariq Cohen towards ACL, so prayers up to Tariq Cohen. Hopefully makes a speedy recovery there. But the real story here has got to be, you know, what the fantasy outlook looks like for the top Chicago Bears namely David Montgomery, Allen Robinson, maybe in deeper leagues, Anthony Miller, with Nick Foles now the starter instead of Mitchell Trubisky? Well, if you have Allen Robinson, you can start doing the cha-cha slide because, wow, he's about to, he is about to go back to being Allen Robinson of last year. Even, it was with Mitch Trubisky last year, but I mean, Mitch Trubisky just – I know they were 2-0, and but, I mean, we all know that Mitchell Trubisky is, is not going to win anything. But Nick Foles, now this is a guy who can, who can not only win you fantasy games with Allen Robinson and maybe David Montgomery too, but he's going to win the Chicago Bears some games. That, they're a scary team, honestly. We know there's some magic with Nick Foles. I, they're, they're scary. See, I think the Chicago Bears, even with Nick Foles, are the most fraudulent 3-0 and team. Oh, I, I, they, I, they are. No, it's no doubt. Yeah. I think teams are now going to have a week now. We saw this last week with Justin Herbert with the Chiefs, how Justin Herbert looked fantastic against the Chiefs. And then this week against the Panthers, and we'll get to that game, he no doubt looked like a rookie. So, you know, it's, it's going to be a week now for the Bears. Uh, and they play next week. Uh, who do they play next week? They play the, uh, play the Indianapolis Colts. That'll be a good game. Indianapolis Colts. Yes, that'll be a very, very good game. So the Colts now will have a week to game plan for the Chicago Bears and for Nick Foles. And by the way, the Indianapolis Colts have the number one defense in the National Football League. I mean, as for the Falcons, I mean, I guess this is going to be a great opportunity to get a lot of garbage time numbers. But if you think about it, they, I mean, they should not be garbage time numbers. They should be two and one. Yeah. Not oh and three. I mean, oh my God. I, I think instead of talking about anything that's fantasy relevant from this game, because, well, we'll talk about Gurley in a second. Zero to 10, Chris, the odds are that Dan Quinn actually coaches the game in Lambeau on Monday night. Dan, I, I think Dan Quinn will be the coach of, uh, of the Atlanta Falcons. He shouldn't but, be. I mean, what's going to happen on Monday night is they're going to get slaughtered, at least defensively. Their defense is going to be picked apart. I think they can score. I, the Packers' defen- defense is, is nothing nothing too special. I think the Falcons will score, but, it, I, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is going to come out. He, he's going to pick this defense apart. And this is Dan Quinn, a guy who was brought in as a defensive coordinator from the Seahawks to be a defensive mind 
and they have been terrible, terrible on defense. Yeah. Um, now for years, uh, back, going back to the, their Super Bowl year, they, had, they their defense played well when you had Deion Jones and Keanu Neal running around, um, and Desmond Trufant. But now, I mean, it's in shambles. So yeah. he, he's on his way out the door as well as I can think of one or two other coaches that are on their way out. Uh, he, Gee, I can't, I can't think of who one might be. He's one of them. Yeah, we'll get there. We're bringing back the worryometer for this next one. Todd Gurley, how worried are you about Gurley? Oh, I'm worried. Oh, think, I'm worried. I think everybody is. I mean, every time red zone flashes on the screen, it's not Todd Gurley on the field. It's Brian Hill. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he yeah. scored. He scored. That helps. But yep. you take away the touchdown. He only had two receptions. And that's what makes Gurley valuable. So if Todd Gurley is only bringing in three, four, five catches a week, he's not valuable. He's not valuable. So I would say as far as how worried I am about Gurley, I would say I'm about a seven. Yeah, I, I agree. I would, the seven was the number I had to. And he just doesn't look good. No. He doesn't. He doesn't look like his old self, like the Todd Gurley who was shaking off tackles. Similar, you saw what Alvin Kamara did last night on that one play. That's what we used to see from Todd Gurley. He would just throw guys off of him. Guys couldn't arm tackle him. Now it's, it's just he goes down easy. He's not fast. It's disappointing. He's a shell of himself. Yeah, that that I, would be very fair to uh, to say. Next game, the Rams and the Buffalo Bills. The Bills win thirty-five. 232. All I will say is karma is a big, fat, dirty bitch. The LA Rams get dogged by a offensive, by a defensive pass interference, yep. which really should not have been, which was music to my ears. I was smiling nice and nice and nice and big, given Josh Allen. Oof. I tell you what, Josh Allen, I think this is like the one thing I want to talk about with this game. On a scale of 1 to 10, we're doing a lot of ratings today, which, which is nice. Is Josh Allen a must-start every single week from here on out? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Rams' defense, is not, they're not really a joke. I mean, this is a defense that features Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, arguably two of the best, best defensive players in the league. Aaron Donald, arguably one of the best defensive players ever. And Josh Allen just came out and he said, eh. I'll put up 30 fantasy points easy. Yeah, 300, 311 yards, four touchdowns, one pick. I mean, he looked he looked great. Yeah. And, he looked and great. The reason why you're going to put him in your lineup every week is even if he doesn't throw four touchdowns, which is unlikely, the, the, rushing, rushing, upside. the rushing upside is just unbelievable. He's going to rush the ball into the end zone, and he wants to run the ball. It's going to keep his floor high. Um, we talked about this last week, and I want to get your overall gauge on it. So one of the things that we talked about was that right now, and I, I said this, and I, and I do believe it. I want to hear what you think, that if we could go back, knowing how this all would pan out right now, if we can go back and do drafts over, people would take Josh Allen over to Sean Watson. I, I, I would not go that far. I mean, look, the Bills team, is fantastic. This roster is stacked. Yep. Stacked. They're well coached. Their defense is just fantastic. They had Milano and, and Edmonds back this week. I mean, they it was like a whole different team with their with their. Yeah, I, I will defense. say kudos to the Rams in the second half. 
I mean, this yeah. offense marched up and down the field like it was no business. Um, but the, the Rams are a good team. They're well-coached as well. Um, Stephon Diggs is an absolute stud. John Brown is no shabby number two. And, it's, I mean, and if you compare to what Deshaun Watson's working with in Houston, Bill O'Brien has no idea what he's doing. He's got a, 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 a David Johnson that's maybe a quarter of what he was in 2015. His best wide receiver has had more concussions than receptions over the past year. I mean, his other best wide receiver is another guy, Will Fuller, can't stay on the field. I mean, and the defense isn't good. It's, it's, it's not good. So I wouldn't go that far. I, I think Deshaun Watson is really good. He, he, he carried a – him and DeAndre Hopkins carried a Houston team to the playoffs to a win over this Bills team just last year. So I, I wouldn't go that far as to say I'd take – Allen over Sean. Let's take a look at the Rams very quickly. Um, I think one of the, the key things that we had talked about on the waiver show last week was who the guy was going to be out of the backfield for the Rams. I did say it would be Darrell Henderson. He was my number one waiver ad of the week last week, and that is exactly what ended up happening. 20 carries for 114 yards and a touchdown yep. against the That's Buffalo great. Bills defense. He looked, he looked really good. He looked really, really, really good. So now, Chris, this is the question that I ask you. Between Darrell Henderson, Malcolm Brown, and Cam Akers, who's the one Rams running back you want to own? <laughs> right now, I want I want to own Cam Akers. Interesting. Darrell Henderson has Darrell Henderson looks like the guy right now, obviously, but he struggled with injuries mightily over the past two years since entering the league. Um, and Darrell Henderson, right now, I mean, he, he's he's going to be a tough buy. It's you know what I mean. It's it's not really a good. You're not in a good situation to go buy Darrell Henderson, and he's probably not on your waiver wire anymore. So you'd have to give up too much to get him. But Cam Akers, you might be able to sneakily add him. If someone drops him, you might be able to, to, to include him in a trade or something like that. And you can say the same thing about Malcolm Brown, because if Darrell Henderson goes down, now the backfield's open again. Um, so that's really more of a, a, a prayer play, because right now I think – that backfields, you, you don't really want to go targeting the number one guy there because the value you're going to have to give up is just too high. Let's move on to the Cleveland Browns 34 and the Washington football team 20. God, was this a mess of a football <laughs> game. My heart was in my ass for a very prolonged period given that I did, in fact, take the Cleveland Browns in one of three survivor pools this week. So... Thank God for the Cleveland Browns. They pulled up for me. Baker Mayfield looked like Baker Mayfield does now, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, ugh, Nick Chubb looked great. Kareem Hunt looked great. I think this is really going to be if we all saw what the Minnesota offense was like last year with Kevin Stefanski running that. We all know what this Cleveland offense is going to look like, and it's going to be the running backs that are going to be uh, really spearheading this offense. And being the real focal points for uh, for this team going forward. Um, I, we talked about Jarvis Landry. What's your worryometer level at for Odell Beckham? Uh, I mean, look, this, this year you're dealing with a quarterback that is not performing the way we would have liked. And you have a, an offensive coordinator who wants to run, run, run. And this offensive coordinator was given probably the best backfield tandem in the NFL. And he's got two – you could argue he has two top ten running backs and sitting in his backfield. Oh, I think he does. Yeah. Um, I think he does. So, I guess with, with, with zero being 
uh, what are we going Not here? worried at all. Euro's not worried at all. <sighs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm probably around a six or seven. Yeah, that's where, that's where I'm at. I'm, I'm around a six for I – mean, uh, it just looks like Rodell. similar stuff from what we've just been seeing. Rodell, it doesn't look like he's made that breakout. If that's the case, he's not getting in the end zone, then it's a problem. It's it's a big problem if Odell is is scoring and he had uh, four catches for fifty three yards. I mean, that's just not what you expect from Odell. And you could make a case, and I think I would hear it that Eli Manning made Odell Beckham who he is. So. Yeah, I, I think also it's just it, – it's I think you, Odell is in, a, is in a tough situation. I, Baker's just does not look – Yeah. I mean, you have two receivers, Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry, who we know are really good, and Austin Hooper, who, by the way, was really good last year. Baker can't seem to figure it out with any of them. So. As for the Washington football team, Dwayne Haskins, three picks on the day. So if you started Cleveland Browns defense, good for you. You probably got a, a very nice return out of them. Antonio Gibson, nine carries, 49 yards, and a touchdown for the receivers. Terry McLaurin, four catches for 83 yards. The real standout here was Dontrell Edmond, three catches for 38 yards and two touchdowns. Did exit this game, however, with a wrist injury, so that is something to obviously monitor, but I don't think that he is fantasy relevant, so I wouldn't even go and say, you know, go pick him up or anything like that so we could move on from this game rather quickly and go on to a game that was much more exciting, which is the Tennessee Titans and the Minnesota Vikings. Ah. Tennessee wins this game 31-30. to Ryan Tannehill, 321 yards on 37 passing attempts, 23 completions, and one interception, no touchdowns. Derrick Henry. I said this had to be the game that Derrick Henry came out of his shell and scored he did that and double that. So, uh, good good week for anybody that was a uh, Derrick Henry believer and uh, wrote it out because it was getting a little scary there for a bit. Yeah, I mean this the, the, Derrick Henry. I mean, it's just not. It's, I'm never surprised to see him not only get into the end zone, but him rushing for over a hundred yards is just. It's you're just used to you expect you expect that on a weekly basis. Um, the, the, the main thing I want to talk about in this game is I think this was for fantasy managers very disappointing what happened with Ryan Tannehill uh, he only had about 12 fantasy points and his matchup was mm, you wanted you wanted Ryan Tannehill this week yeah I mean I I, I started him over I mean Drew Brees who guy was struggling um, uh, I, I, I did too join the club I had the exact yeah. same scenario I started Tannehill over Brees yeah and I mean he still threw for 320 yards he just didn't get the touchdown Henry Henry Vulture the touchdown so this it's, I don't I think Brian Tannehill he's still going to have great games in the future he's going to have those blow games but this is the risk you run when you start him it's the risk that Derrick Henry just scores all the touchdowns <laughs> so if yeah. you had to pick one receiver for Tennessee rest of season mainly I'm talking about AJ Brown or Corey Davis who are you owning right now that is probably the toughest question that you've asked me today um Corey I mean, Davis Corey Davis looked good Corey Davis he looked, he looked Corey, good again Corey Davis looks good I, I I really like AJ Brown's uh by low value right now though I do um, as well in terms of who will score the most points I mean it's just it, it's one of those things where I, I I don't really want either of them because they're just gonna both I think you you actually said this to me at the beginning of the year you, you said that 
Corey Davis and AJ Brown. It's going to be one week one of them goes off, one week another one goes off, and and then you got Johnny Smith and Eric Henry taking touchdowns. And it's yeah. just if I had to pick one, I'm still going with AJ Brown. I'm still going with the guy that was drafted higher in fantasy leagues, um, and that looked like a stud at times last year. See, I don't think I want either of them. Yeah, I really. agree. I, 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 think, I think the number one guy for fantasy in this offense, outside of Derrick Henry, obviously, is John Smith. And yeah. I think that Ryan Tannehill knows that he has a really, really, really good player on his hands with John Smith. Five catches for 61 yards. A very, very good game for John Smith on eight targets. I mean, he was the most targeted receiver for the Tennessee Titans again. Let's go to the Vikings, Kirk Cousins, 251 yards, 16 completions on 27 attempts, three touchdowns, two interceptions. I mean, if you're still starting Kirk Cousins outside of Superflex, deep Superflex or two QB leagues, then uh, you you need to be dropping Kirk Cousins right now. This was a get-right game for Dalvin Cook, 22 carries, 181 yards, and a touchdown for him. We talked about Justin Jefferson. Adam Thielen, three for 29 and a touchdown. But really, this was, a, this was the story of Dalvin Cook getting right and having a Dalvin Cook-esque game. Yep, 100%. Dalvin Cook looked fantastic. If you watched the game, he just he, he looked like Dalvin, the Dalvin Cook that we know and love. I will say with Thielen, it was a little, a little disappointing seeing in a, in, a, in a high-scoring game like that for him to, to only have three receptions. But he, he, he continues to get into the end zone which I think is, is important. He, he's he, he's going to be a good red zone threat. Scale of 1 to 10, uh, 0 to 10, how relevant is Kyle, is Kyle Rudolph? <laughs> nah, probably, probably a 1. I would say probably a negative 5. You're not picking up Kyle Rudolph. I don't care how impressive that yeah. catch was, and it was very impressive, I will say. He, he does score touchdowns every once in a while, but that's about it. Uh, do start Kyle Rudolph on, on Thanksgiving if they are playing on Thanksgiving because he does <laughs> do some very, very nice things on Thanksgiving. Yes. Uh, they don't play on Thanksgiving this year. But if they played on Thanksgiving next year, start Kyle Rudolph. Next game, Patriots 36, Las Vegas Raiders 20. Uh, let's go and talk about the Raiders. Derek Carr, 24-32, 261 yards and two touchdowns. Josh Jacobs, it, it was a meh day for Josh Jacobs, 16 carries, 71 yards. Uh, had three had three catches for 12 yards. But you could see Josh Jacobs was hobbling a little bit. He did not really look like himself. Darren Waller, I mean, oh, God. I mean, th- not good. Not good for anybody that started Darren Waller. Two catches for nine yards. The real story here, and I guess this is where I ask, you know, you know how relevant are they, O'Meter? Uh, Hunter Renfro, six catches, 84 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, I would say that he's probably around the – in full point PPR, I'd say he's around a six. And in yeah. non, I would say he's around a three. I, yeah, I would say he's right around a five in full PPR. Everyone knew what was going to happen this week. Darren Waller went crazy this week, so what's Bill Belichick going to do? He's going to completely neutralize him. It was it, You could have seen this coming from eight miles away. It's, and I think Hunter Renfro benefited from that. I think we'll go back to normal. Darren Waller getting a little more uh, action in the future. Um, and Hunter Renfro's receptions will, will come down a little bit. Is Hunter Renfro the Raiders receiver that you want to own? Basically, uh, I'm asking you, is it Hunter Renfro or Henry Ruggs? Yeah, I mean, I mean with no Ruggs out and Darren Waller getting shut down, I mean, it's, it's, it was a little easier for Renfro to, to shine. I'm still going with, with Henry Ruggs. Um, I think that Waller is, is Derek Carr's true check down and, and, and safety blanket guy. 
and that even though Renfro made some plays downfield, I think Ruggs takes takes that role when he comes back. As for the Patriots, Cam Newton had his coming back down to earth game, 17 of 28 for 162 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. Uh, we talked about Sonny Michelle, 100-yard game for him. Rex Burkhead, we talked about him. Um, and then we look at the receiving numbers. Not really a huge day for, for any of these receivers. Julian Edelman, disappointing, only two catches for 23 yards on six targets. So, I mean, I'm not too worried about Julian Edelman, just a down game. The game script really didn't fit him. They were up big, and they just decided to really run the ball out with uh, Sonny Michel. Uh, and J.J. JJ Taylor, too. I mean, the, I think he's worth talking about, considering he was the leading ball toter in this backfield for the Patriots. 11 carries for him. Um, Sonny Michel got nine carries. Rex Burkhead got six. Cam Newton toted it nine times as well. But J.J. Taylor's not relevant fantasy i would not be going to pick him up so the how relevant o meter that's about a what did i say for kyle rudolph it was about a negative five uh for jj taylor it's probably about a negative 16 i mean the stars just completely aligned for the patriots rushing attack i think everybody in their right mind should have known that the patriots were going to come out and win this game and it was obvious they were going to come out and they were going to win this game big because you have a 2-0 raiders team and a 1-1 patriots team coming off a loss Returning back to Foxborough, do you think that the Bill Belichick-led Patriots are going to let the Raiders get to 3-0 and in Foxborough while the Patriots go to 1-2? No, you had to know they were going to win and they were going to be up, and that means they're going to run the ball and the Raiders' defense is poor. There's a greater chance that there's a blizzard in hell yeah. than the Raiders going into Foxborough at 2-0 and and beating the 1-1 one one Patriots. Yeah, it's just, it's just not happening. It was not happening. No, no way. Um, let's go to the ugly game of the weekend. The 49ers 36 and the Giants 9. Chris, who's the worst football team? The New York Giants or the New York Jets? It's honestly, it's surprising, but it's close. It's uh, really close. Oh, it's really, know, really, I, really I, close. I, I, these are the two worst teams in football. I don't, I mean, I, I, I'm always going to think the Jets are worse, but I might just be biased because I'm, I am just long I'm suffering. I am appalled by what I'm seeing. But I'll go and say to talk about the 49ers. This rushing attack, it doesn't matter who the hell is back there. They're going to run the ball, and they're going to run it effectively. Their offensive line just moves yeah. earth. Yeah, it, it, it moves earth, especially when they go up against a defense like the Giants. I mean, it's one thing you can guarantee for Kyle Shannon. He's going to run the ball. And even though I know McKinnon looks great right now, Jeff Wilson looked great, when Mostert comes back, Put him in your fantasy lineups. Yep. I mean, the guy just – I've never seen someone capable of ripping off more long touchdowns. And the guy's – that rushing attack is just fantastic. Would you be nervous, though, if you're a Raheem Mostert owner, seeing what Jeff Wilson was able to do, what Jared McKinnon's been doing? Are you a little nervous that those kind of performances eat into Mostert's workload a little bit? I'm not saying that McKinnon or Wilson take yeah. over as the guys in that backfield – but it just become more of a committee, whereas maybe before it was a 70-30-ish split. Maybe when, you know, Mostert comes back, it becomes a 60-20-20 split between yeah. Mostert, uh, McKinnon, and Jeff Wilson. I mean, I I'm ruling out Tevin Coleman from this. Yeah, because, that's the guy who I think takes the most hit because, I mean, no he, doubt. Was, he was the guy that would, you know, he – he was a pass catcher in Atlanta. He came here. He was he was their primary running back, but he also became a pass. Uh, he also continued to catch the ball. And Jarek McKinnon has looked fantastic. 
uh, as a pass catcher. So I, I, I'm not overly worried about Mostert just because I think the things he is capable of will keep him ex- extremely relevant. But I, and, and Jeff Wilson, he, he's done this before. Every time Jeff Wilson is forced into the backfield, he performs, and then he, he fades away again. So I'm, I'm not overly worried. I'm just used to this, I think, at this point from Jeff Wilson. Jarek McKinnon talked about him. He looked very, very good. Uh, rushing touchdown for him. Brandon Ayuk talked about him. He's definitely a a worthwhile look if he is available in your on your waiver wire. He's he should he should be considering he is a, he is only yeah. owned in sixteen percent of leagues. So figure I, I, I like him. Um, I, yeah. I like I like the talent. I think and that's that's what's really um, selling me on him. I would say it's safe to say that Brandon Ayuk is the one. 49ers receiver that you're the most interested in, correct? Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's a great, 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 great time to go get Debo Samuel if you can. I think it's a great time to go get Debo Samuel if you can. With Jimmy G hurt and Debo still hurt. I mean, it's a great time. I he, I like him, not right away, but in the, in that back half of the season, he could be very useful for a fantasy version. So let's go and talk about the New York Giants. I, I know that we have to. It's actually kind of uh, disheartening that we have to even go and open this can of worms. Is there any New York Giant that you want to own right now? No. No. Okay. Swiftly. I'm just being honest. I, I don't. I don't want any of them. Yeah, I was. I, I in, in the league where I have Evan Ingram, which is our our keeper league. I was. I'm thinking about dropping Evan Ingram because I just want no part. Yeah, I'm, I just, yeah. I'm done. He, he'd be the one guy that I think could make it out of this mess, but I it's a it big mess and somewhat perform. But I mean, Daniel Jones can't keep the ball on his side of the field. So as long as the other team keep, continues to have the ball, the entire game, I mean, the time of possession was just, Oh my God. So yeah, no, I, I don't want any of them. I have a little something I have to say to New York giants fans. Not that I feel bad. Not that I feel bad. Cause I don't, I don't feel bad. But I hope you're enjoying Jason Garrett. <laughs> I hope Jason Garrett is everything you could have possibly dreamed of. That's funny. Ah, oh, Jason Garrett, what a guy. Okay, next game. Uh, we go to the – let's go to the tie, shall we? The Cincinnati Bengals 23 and the Philadelphia Eagles 23. We have a tie. Yay, wonderful. Joe Burrow looks – Pretty good again. Yeah, definitely. That hit, that hit he took, I, I, I'm i surprised he knew what planet he was on. Jeez, everybody in Cincinnati was on their knees saying a prayer. Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah, he looked really, really good. 31 of, 31 of 44, 312 yards passing, two touchdowns. We talked about Joe Mixon. No need to really go there. Uh, the big, I would say the big surprise-ish, but not really given the corner matchups that were there. Uh, A.J. Green, 5 of 36 on six yeah. targets. Tyler Boyd, 10 receptions on 13 targets for 125 yeah. yards. And then T. Higgins, 5 for 40, but two touchdowns. Chris, who's the receiver you want to own in Cincinnati? I, I – still think that there's a lot of guys there and every week it could end up being different. But I mean, right now, Tyler Boyd, the rapport just seems to be there. Um, 
and, and when you're down in football games, uh, especially when you're down two possessions, you, you'll, you'll see defenses, you know, just really focusing on, on shutting down that deep ball. And Tyler Boyd, he's open in the intermediate, short intermediate range. Joe Barrow's going to keep giving the ball. So the touchdowns, though, I, 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 um, I know he got in the end zone last week. He didn't get in the end zone this week. I, I don't see Tyler Boyd scoring a lot of touchdowns. Neither do I. So, and that, that could be an issue. Um, Is A.J. Green Tyler, a good buy low? Yeah, I think so. I, I, well, given the way Joe Burrow's playing, I, I think definitely, especially if he's going to stay healthy. I mean, he might get his feet under him as the season goes on. I mean, five receptions for 36 yards, it's not good. It's not what you expect from A.J. Green. He had a tough but, matchup, though, going up against Darius Slay. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, still, it's still five catches and against a tough, a tough defense. I mean, they, they, they only scored, what, 23 points? 23. It's, it's not like he did terrible in a shootout, so – yeah, I think AJ Green is good by low. I, I, I like T. Higgins as a stash um, because of AJ Green's injury history. Yes. So I like T. Higgins as as a nice little stash to be that touchdown guy, especially with his all out. And he looks like he looks like the number three receiver too, considering yeah. John Ross was a healthy scratch in yeah. uh, in that game yesterday. So he looks like he is the number three guy. So yeah, I think T. Higgins could be a very valuable stash. Um, worryometer, Carson Wentz. 29 of 47, 225 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. I would say outside of the city of Philadelphia, I would say the worryometer is about a seven. I would say in the city of Philadelphia, I would say the worryometer is at about a 1.2 million. Um, I mean, I, I'm outside of Philly. And I, I'm, my worry is pretty high. I'm, I'm about at a nine. I mean, this was a matchup that said – Get right all over it, all over it, and the Philadelphia Eagles looked like shit. Mm-hmm. They looked like shit, and the main thing that I learned from this game is that if the Cowboys do not win this division, there's going to be an uproar in Dallas because you have arguably three bottom ten teams in that division. I know the Cowboys are one and two, but I mean they've drawn a pretty tough schedule to start. The Rams, yes. the Rams, it gets, and it gets better for them. I was going to say it has to because I know the Eagles schedule up until this point, they've played the Redskins, the Bengals, and they did play the Rams, but it's compared to the Cowboys who've had to go up against the Seahawks and the Rams. Um, I mean, the, the, the best thing about it too is that the Cowboys are going to get to play all the defeat teams in their division. So right. that's my big takeaway from this game is that the Cowboys sh- should be winning this division because the Eagles look terrible. Right, and even if the Cowboys are, are one and two, and we'll we'll get to the Cowboys game yeah. uh, in a little bit, uh, they they should at least be winning four of these divisional games at yeah. at least. At, and at, then, at least, yeah, but the, yeah, that gets them to five and two, yeah. and then they, if you they should be winning, the, I think they should be winning more honestly because they should be sweeping the Giants and the Redskins this year. Well, it depends on what they do against the Giants in Week Seventeen. If they play okay, all of their fair. guys or not. So you could say you could say probably the one game that they lose in the division is probably when they go to Philly. But, but I, out, outside of that, they should be winning the rest of those games. Yep, I agree. But we'll get to the Cowboys in yes. a little bit. Uh, Miles Sanders, 18 of 95 on the ground, also added in four receptions for 12 yards. Uh, the leading receiver on the day and the most targeted one was Greg Ward, yep. 8 for 72 and a touchdown. How relevant is Greg Ward? 0 to 10, Chris? I would say negative 23. 
I just I, no, I, thank I you. don't want any part of the Eagles. I mean, sure, I'll, I guess you want Zach Gertz. That's good, but he's even he hasn't really been very good so far. Um, so. And Deshaun Jackson also uh, exited this game with a, I believe it was a groin injury, hamstring. It was it was soft tissue. Yeah, so, Deshaun. Yeah, it's not surprising. He's he's an older guy and he's he's had injury problems. So yeah, Deshaun Jackson exited this game with a uh, with a hamstring injury. So uh, I think all hopes of Deshaun Jackson being fantasy relevant once more are probably at the window and knowing Deshaun Jackson's luck with injuries, we probably won't see him the rest of the season. Uh, Next up the Houston Texans and the Pittsburgh Steelers. I would personally like to thank the Pittsburgh Steelers because they arguably won me a fantasy matchup just by themselves. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger looked terrific. 23 of 36, 327 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, James Conner continues to look really, really, really good. 18 carries, 109 yards, and a touchdown. Interesting enough that Anthony McFarland and Benny Snell got 13 combined carries. Uh, even Jalen Samuels got got a carry in this game. But really, the the head guy in Pittsburgh right now does seem to be uh, James Conner, Chris. Yeah, I agree. Um, James Conner, he, he looks good again. Uh, I think he went over 100 yards, right? Yeah, he did. Uh, yeah, so I, I think – one thing I want to talk about this game, you want to talk about getting a bad draw of a schedule. The Texans, my God, they probably got the three best teams in the AFC right off the bat. Um, I wonder what Bill O'Brien did to somebody in the league office. Yeah, so I think the better thing, the Texans fought. I mean, they, they, they came out of the gate and they looked pretty good. Um, but, yeah, I think in, in terms of fantasy, the, the Texans, I'm, I don't really like anyone on their team. Sean Watson always is, is – you can't go wrong really starting him, especially if the matchups are going to improve. Um, but on the other side of the ball, yeah, James, James Conner, definitely, definitely impressive, as you've said many times. He's playing for his cash, um, and, and that means he's going to play – he's going to play hard. Um, Juju. Juju's looked great so far. Love he's looked really good. He's looked great so far. He's, he's happy big man's back. Sad that we lost Deontay Johnson. Um, but he did tweet that he was okay. So yeah, so that should be a um, a good sign for anybody that does own Deontay Johnson. That it looks he looked, like he's looked great. Yeah, he's looked really, really good, and uh, they have a a pretty good matchup next week too against the uh, the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. Um, for as for the Texans, let's go to them. Obviously, it does get better next week. They have a matchup with the Minnesota Vikings. So that will be a much more friendly matchup for the Texans uh, against a Vikings defense that is just hemorrhaged points. So next week definitely does signal a, a get right game for everybody on the Texans, uh, including Deshaun Watson, who he looked okay. 19 of 27, 264 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Uh, David Johnson continued to be the guy again. Uh, 13 carries, 23 yards, and a touchdown. Touchdown really, 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 really saved David Johnson's day. Uh, I also sprinkled in uh, two receptions for 23 yards. I think before we talk about the receivers and, and move on, I think David Johnson is very close to being in that same boat as Todd Gurley. I think David Johnson, though, is just really, really, really lucky that he's scored and has been a bit more consistent 
and has looked better running the ball than Todd Gurley does. But I think – what's the worryometer level on David Johnson? Um, I, would, I would say I'm about like a five. They're, they're, I, I, I think I'm not terrified because the past two weeks he's played Baltimore and Pittsburgh – two AFC North defenses that have always been good and that are extremely good against the run now. Um, and I, I, There's going to be better days to come. I mean, just look at who he gets to play in his own division. He's going to go um, against the Titans, who just got gashed yeah. by Dalvin Cook. Um, he's going to go against the Jaguars. Um, the Colts' defense is, is, is very good, but um, that's that's four games right there where you're going to get pretty decent matches. And they want to use him in the red zone. So Bill O'Brien has to use him. He gave up so much for him in DeAndre Hopkins. He has to use him. Um, and his snap count is high. So yeah. I, I, I'm not terrified of him. Whereas Todd Gurley, I'm pretty terrified. But. I would say mine's out of three for, for David Johnson. I think the this, this schedule definitely gets better. He has two great matchups next two weeks with Minnesota and Jacksonville. Yep, there you go. Um, yeah. The receiver to own in Houston with – Randall Cobb, 494 for 95 and a touchdown. Will Fowler, 454 and a touchdown. Who's the receiver you want on there? I mean, out of those two. Of and, you could put, and you could put Brandon Cooks in there as well. It's, it's unfortunate. They're all injury prone. Um, they're all eating into each other's volume, but still Will Fowler because he has yep. the potential to win you a week. Yep, I agree. Cobb, Cobb at the most has had six targets in a game. That's not, that's not what I'm looking for. So. Yep, I agree. Um, all right, next game. Uh, I will concede the microphone, and I will allow Chris to have his moment when talking about the New York Jets as they fall to the Indianapolis Colts 36-7. to Chris, you have about 30 seconds, so your time starts now. Four words, worst team in football. We are the worst team in football in the New York Jets. I will say that this has put us in quite the predicament um, with – not only do we have to make a decision about our head coach who will be gone by the end of the season. If he's not gone within the season, he will be gone at the end of it. Um, but we have to decide what we're going to do next year in the draft. I, I, we, we could very well be looking at the first pick. And, and if we are, we, we have a decision to make because I know Adam Gates has made quarterbacks look terrible in the past. He has made players look terrible in the past. But Darnold, had, he looks like he has no confidence. He, he's making terrible reads, and when he makes good reads, he's making bad throws. Um, it's just nothing looks good. So they're going to have a, a, a real decision to make. It's year three for Darnold. It's, we're getting – Look at it, what happened it, with Ryan Tannehill and Kenyon Drake. They yeah, got out of the clutches exactly. of Adam Gaze, and they look like superstars. That's the so. problem, and it's it's it's. Do you believe? That's why I think it's really important. The Jets need to get rid of Gase within the season because getting rid of him and getting a new mind in there, we might be able. It's, it's, it won't be a, a very clear that early, but it, we might be able to get a better gauge on, on, on if Darnold should be the guy in the future. But fantasy wise, I want nothing to do with the Jets. By the way, you can if, buy a law on Le'Veon Bell though. Yeah, if you if you're gonna have a coach from the Jets, it's probably gonna be Greg Williams. That will be the interim yeah. guy. And then after the season, you have Joe Douglas, who will then go and get his guy. Uh, let's then talk about the Indianapolis Colts. We mentioned uh, T.Y. Hilton and the worryometer level for him. Uh, Phillip Rivers looked okay. Didn't really need to do much. Only 21 dropbacks in this game for Phillip Rivers. 17 completions there for a touchdown. 
Jonathan Taylor, I had him as number three running back coming into the week. He looked okay. Didn't really need to do much. Uh, 13 for 59 on the ground. One touchdown, averaged about four and a half uh, yards per carry. But, you know, this game was just such a blowout. They had, were pulling the starters uh, midway through the third quarter and then into the fourth. You even saw Jacoby Brissett uh, get a bit of a look there. Jordan Wilkins got some looks. Naeem Hines. Um, I mean, outside of T.Y. Hilton, is there any pass catcher in Indianapolis you're interested in, such as a uh, Mo Ali Cox or a Michael Pittman or a Zach Pascal? The only one I'm interested in is Mo Ali Cox. I agree. Because just history with Philip Rivers. We know he, he loves targeting his tight ends in the red zone, and he's already shown he loves targeting Mo Ali Cox anywhere on the field. Yep. He's a big body, very reminiscent of Antonio Gates. Um, so I really, I really like Mo Ali Cox. And he's widely available too. He's available in ninety-two percent of leagues, yep. which is I mean, criminal. If you, if you just watched the game. I mean, Rivers was just looking his way. If he didn't throw it to him, he was looking. He was looking for him. Um, so yeah, Mo Ali Cox is is the guy there for me. Let's move on to the Carolina Panthers twenty-one and the Los Angeles Chargers six. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is efficient as ever, 22 of 28, 235 yards, and a touchdown. Mike Davis looked very, very, very good. 13 carries, 46 yards, not necessarily great, but eight receptions for 45 yards and a touchdown. It, it has to feel really, really good, especially for the owners of Christian McCaffrey that had Mike Davis or were able to get Mike Davis when Christian McCaffrey went down, that Teddy Bridgewater still is checking it down and dumping it off to his running backs, namely, of course, Mike Davis. And even Curtis Samuel got a uh, got a nice run uh, in the backfield at four carries, but then also got four receptions as well. Um, so definitely a very good look for Mike Davis, who has a fairly decent matchup next week. I believe that he's going up against the Arizona Cardinals, who are not very good at defending pass-catching running backs. Um, the receivers, what's the worryometer level about DJ Moore? That's Two pretty, catches for 65 in this game. It's pretty high, I'm going to be honest, because Robbie Anderson is, is he's making plays and he's catching the football. Um, and Teddy Bridgewater, it just doesn't seem like he, he's developed a rapport with Moore. Um, so I'd say, just given on where he, he was drafted, I'd say I'm, I'm about a four. I'm about a four, which I think is still high for DJ Moore. Because this I think is a guy it's still we were, very high. Yeah. We high, were expecting to be fantastic. This is a guy who was on pace for 1,300 yards last year. But I do think there are better days to come. I think when you have good receivers like this struggle out the get-go, um, coaches will make it a point to, to make sure that these guys, by the end of the season, are performing. Uh, we've seen this with guys like, like Keenan Allen is the big example that jumps to my mind. He'll come out the gate, and, and it'll just be so slow, and you'll be like, oh, my God, what, what is he doing? This is a guy who drafted so high. And at the end of the season, he looks like the best player in the world. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm a little worried, but I think better days to come. I think DJ Moore is a great, 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 great buy low right now. I, I agree, yeah. You can, yeah. Great buy low yep. if, if you can get your hands on him. Yep. Um, Robbie Anderson, he continues to look good, five for fifty-five. Um, but then, other than that, uh, who's the 
Who's the one uh, receiver you want to own right now, Robbie Anderson or DJ Moore? Oof, I never thought that I would have to make that decision. But, I mean, right now, in terms of the next two, three weeks, I want Robbie Anderson. Season long, I'm going with DJ Moore. I agree. Uh, let's go to the Chargers. Uh, Justin Herbert, uh, it was a pretty volume-filled game for Justin Herbert. 35 completions on 49 dropbacks, 330 yards, one touchdown, one pick. It was a nasty pick, too. It was just not, that's not, it was not a good throw. That He just did not see the corner just sitting right on the route, and bam. Austin Eckler, 12 carries, 59 yards, and a touchdown. We'll get to Josh Kelly in a minute. Austin Eckler then also had 11 receptions for 84 yards. And then Keenan Allen, too, 13 receptions for 132 yards and a touchdown. Hunter Henry looked good, 5 for 50. He does what Hunter Henry does. I think Hunter Henry's floor is just so, so, so safe, especially with Justin Herbert as the guy. But uh, the one guy I want to talk about is uh, Josh Kelly. He was the start of the week for me, fumbled, and just never really seemed to get his feet back underneath them after that uh it was a disappointing week and in a, in a week when i think a lot of people uh were very high on josh kelly the matchup was great for him and he did not come through i think right now everybody every eckler keenan allen hunter henry owner everyone should be uh praying that justin herbert remains a starter because if he does you have a running back one i think in austin eckler you have a probably, and he blew up this week, but probably a, a, a high-end wide receiver too in Keenan Allen. And you got a really reliable tight end option, Hunter Henry, if Herbert remains the quarterback. Yep, I agree I with think you. That's that's the key. I think for Kelly, I, I would expect him to um, to pick it up in, in the future. I think they were also, which is kind of surprising, they were losing against the Panthers. I did not expect that. I expected it to be a little bit of a tighter game. Um, so I think that also hurts Kelly too, because when you're when you're losing and you're primarily passing the ball, I mean, Eckler is a top five pass catching back in the league. He's going to be on the field. Um, yep. I think there are better days to come for Kelly though. Yep, I agree with you. Uh, let's go to the next game: Tampa twenty-eight, uh, Denver ten. Tom Brady twenty-five thirty-eight, three touchdowns. Really good day for Tom Brady. Uh, Ronald Jones thirteen and fifty-three. Leonard Fournette seven for fifteen. Um, I really couldn't tell you who the guy to own in this backfield nope, is. I either. I still like Leonard Fournette rest of season, but it is just a shit show. Yep. Mike Evans, two receptions, two yards, two touchdowns. We were getting there. The double immaculate stat line. Mike Evans, two catches, two yards, two touchdowns. Um, <laughs> Scotty Miller, three for 83. Rob Gronkowski, a get-right game for him. Six catches for 48 yards. How relevant is he, Rob Gronkowski, Chris? He's not. I mean, this was the Patriots going up against a Broncos team that has no Drew Locke. They're in shambles. Von Miller's hurt. They probably said, "Eh, perfect game to get Gronk going. It's not going to matter. We're going to be winning anyways. At the end of the day, uh, did Godwin go down in this game? Did he get yes, hurt? We're, we were going to get oh, to that hamstring injury for I mean, Chris Godwin. Yeah, I mean, th- those two guys, as we get further down in the season, are going to be um, are going to be more more involved. But, yeah, I, I don't make too much of this game because the Broncos just – I mean, with Jeff Driscoll, it's just not – you're not getting much. 
No, and we are uh, we're going to get to the Broncos right now. And uh, Jeff Driscoll was pulled from this game. Uh, Brett Ripien uh, managed to come in and actually managed to look pretty good. Eight for nine for 53 yards. The one incompletion that he threw was a pick, unfortunately. But, yeah, Jeff Driscoll did not look so good. 17 of 30, a touchdown and a pick for 176 yards. Not really much to talk about the quarterbacks there. And You're not starting either one of Driscoll or Ripien. I do want to talk about, however, and I think that this really just comes down to how bad this game was and how bad it got quick. Eight for twenty-six for Melvin Gordon. Oh and man, he was, he was horrendous. It was it was bad. But it was bad. And I the Bucks have a great run defense, yes. so this, so you could you could write that off as probably a bad one for Melvin Gordon, and then you you move on. Players are gonna players every once in a while just have these get into these situations where there's just no way they can do good in the game, and if you got a bad quarterback play and a losing effort, just does not bode well for Melvin Gordon, including and yeah, I mean the Bucks defense has, has done this to running backs over the past two years. They have stifled them. They're the only team to hold McCaffrey to under ten points last year. I mean, this is they're the real deal. Um, but I don't think too much of Melvin Gordon. I think you could buy. He, he's a guy you could buy low on. Um, yep. I mean, he's a guy that I expect more in the fifteen to eighteen carry range on a weekly basis with a sprinkle of two, three, sometimes four catches in there. So I, 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 I'm not worried about it. Yeah, and Gordon has a great matchup this week against the, uh, against the Jets. But the, the one thing that Jets do well is their rush defense is pretty solid. That's like the one thing that they happen to do pretty well. Yeah, but I think Melvin Gordon gets in the end zone this week because the Jets just let up so many points. Oh, probably. Uh, I, I, I think Melvin Gordon does get in the end zone. That game is going to be... That's a Thursday night game that I, I might not even turn the television on. <laughs> I may have to just because we're talking about it on Friday, and I am not looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, as for the Broncos' pass catchers, Noah Fant is the one guy I think that's worth owning. Oh, yeah. uh, you're starting him, I think, pretty much every week if you're yes, just you looking are. at his targets, 10 targets in this game. Monster, monster target share for Noah Fant. Super talented, too. Very, very, very talented. Um Jerry Judy, five for 55, looked okay. Yep. Outside of those two, yeah. outside of those two, are there any, is there any other pass catcher that you're interested in? No, I mean, if you're in a 14-man league, I think you can stash Hamler. Um, just in case when Locke comes back, Hamler has some type of breakout. But, uh, no, Judy and Fan are the two guys. Next game, Lions 26, Arizona Cardinals 23. Uh, Matthew Stafford, where did that come from, son? Uh, a very, very good game for Matthew Stafford, 22 of 31, 270 yards and two touchdowns. Revenge game for Adrian Peterson, and he, in fact, pulled up 22 carries for 75 yards. The return of Kenny Galladay, six catches for 57 yards and a touchdown. TJ Hawkinson, four of 53. Marvin Jones, three of 51. Then Jesse James, three of 28 for a touchdown as for the cardinals not a great game by any stretch for kyler murray throwing the ball 23 of 35 270 two touchdowns and three picks Kenyon drake 18 of 73 no touchdown again 
I tell, I, I would recommend Kenyon Drake to be a great buy low, but I don't even think so. Just because when they get to the one yard line, it's the Kyler Murray show. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm I'm pretty low on Kenyon Drake. I'm very worried about him. I mean, you don't have to go trading him now. You're not going to get anything for him, and he's still he's still playing a lot. I mean, he's still got a decent amount of carries, but. Um, but yeah, he, he's worrisome. DeAndre Hopkins, though, just that's the guy I want to talk about in this game. He is just, oh my God, absolute stud. He's a different absolute level. Stud. He's on, he's on his way, I think, to, to possibly finishing as the number one receiver this year. It's quite um, possible. And yeah, he looks fantastic. How relevant is he? Andy Isabella. Four for 47 and two touchdowns in this game. I'm going to say that Andy Isabella. I'm going to say he's about a three. Yep, I would give him a three as well. Three. Um, all right, so let's go and move on to the next game, which was the Cowboys and the Seattle Seahawks. Dak Prescott, he looked really, really good again. 37 of 57 passing attempts, 472 yards, three touchdowns. And two interceptions. The last one was just, oh, God, was that not a good throw by Dak. Uh, Zeke, Zeke had a, he had a bad game. These, these happen from Ezekiel Elliott. He still managed to get into the end zone. So you're not complaining about that. And if you're playing in PPR, which you, which you should, and if you're not, then I would be going to your commissioner and asking, you know, what the fuck are you doing? Why are we not playing in PPR? Uh, six catches for Zeke, so not a bad day by any stretch. Just not the uh, not the massive day that I think a lot of people you know have come to expect from uh, from Ezekiel Elliott. But uh, the receivers, oof! I think it, it doesn't matter which one you started. They all had pretty good days. Michael Gallup, six for 138 and a touchdown. Cedric Wilson, nobody started him because he is available in 100% of leagues. He is not even owned anywhere. Uh, five for a buck seven and two touchdowns. We talked about him. Amari Cooper, nine for 86. CeeDee Lamb, five for 65. Dalton Schultz, four for 48. You know, I think the game script was really dependent on the Cowboys throwing a ton, which was very good for, for the pass catchers. And uh, again, I think that. Amari Cooper is still the number one guy in this offense. He's looked absolutely outstanding the first three weeks, and it gets so much better for him next week against the Cleveland Browns back in Dallas where he – the only concern I think people have with Amari Cooper is that he hasn't scored yet. But I think that will come. I think that changes next week. Um, Yeah, I I think in terms of the Cowboys on a football level now rather than a fantasy level, um, if teams are going to come out and, and, and force Dak Prescott to throw, 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 and, and they're going to key in on making sure Zeke doesn't go wild, um, and if their defense is going to let up a ton of points, Dak's got to make sure he doesn't turn the ball over. And I think that was – he made some there's some errant throws too that didn't end up being interceptions, but I think that's – because, I mean, the numbers, 453 touchdowns, I mean, those are fantastic numbers. Those are numbers that – should be winning you games, but um, just need to see those turnovers come down. I think, um, though, next week, I fire up all your Cowboys against the Browns. Um, 
I'm assuming that's a one o'clock game. One o'clock game, yes, sir. One o'clock game, yeah. One o'clock game. Uh, I would expect everybody, including Zeke, I expect Zeke to have a get right game. Um, so yeah, fire yeah, you need, next week. You basically need Dak with the way that defense is playing to have uh, pretty much a perfect, a perfect <laughs> sort of game. And that's what Russell Wilson had 27 of 40, 315 yards, five touchdowns. Uh, he's the front runner for league MVP. Yeah. And it doesn't matter really to me what Mahomes has done so far. or Lamar Jackson, uh, Russell Wilson is the front runner for league MVP and it's, it's not close. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he just looks like <laughs> he just looks Absolutely fantastic. What does he have? One interception on the year? Um, I don't think he – yes, no, he, he has one pick. He has one pick. One pick that he threw to Greg Olson, and it tipped off Greg Olson's head. That's, yep, I remember that. It was, the, it was the pick six to McCourty last week. Yeah, so other than that, he, he basically doesn't have an interception in my mind. Then, and he's got, no. what, 13, 14 touchdowns? 14 touchdowns. I mean, that's just – It took him – it took him six weeks last year to get 14 touchdowns, what he's been able to do in three. It's, it's unbelievable. He, he looks Ridiculous. fantastic. He's got Tyler Lockett, who he's had for, for now years, that him, they have just a rapport that I've never seen between a receiver. Nine for 103 touchdowns. I mean, it's just unbelievable. And then, of course, he's got a young absolute stud in DK Metcalf, who's just fantastic. So DK, DK Metcalf is a superstar who should have had two superstar. touchdowns in this game. And, yep, he, brain fart, but, I mean, it doesn't yep. change the fact. Still, it, 19 fantasy points should have been 20. Should have been 25. Yeah, you know it. It happens. He's a young. He's a young receiver, and I'll, I'll tell you what. With the way that DK Metcalf plays, he won't forget that, and he will use that for the rest of his career. Given he's a 22 year old receiver right now, he will use that, and he will make sure that that never happens again. So I think it's a good thing yeah. that happened to him, so that way he can he can continue to be like, okay, I know that I play at 100, but. Now I got to play at 150, even though when I think I have a walk-in touchdown, make sure I get that shit in and don't even think about it, not even take that yeah. chance. Yep. Uh, Chris Carson, 14 of 64. Uh, also had three catches in this game, but the main story, of course, is that knee injury. Ian Rappaport this morning tweeting that it is a knee sprain, nothing too significant for Chris Carson. But in the meantime, are you adding Carlos Hyde as a wait-and-see in case – Chris Carson does not play in week four when they go to Miami. I think in a, in a, in a deep league, yeah. Because just, just given that they're playing Miami. And also, if you've watched, um, the Seahawks have been on television a lot, given that they're one of the better teams in the league. Uh, and they played on, on uh, Sunday night last week. If you've actually watched, Carlos Hyde has not looked bad when he's actually been on the field. No, he's looked very good. Yeah, so I think he... He is worth a stash. I think he could give you a very good week next week. Um, so, yeah, I think I, I, would, I would pick him up. And if you're a Chris Carson owner, I would fire him up against the Dolphins if you have no one else. Sunday night game before we head into the Monday night and preview that, and then we will get on out of here. So the Green Bay Packers, 37. The New Orleans Saints, 30. Aaron Rodgers, 21 of 32. 283 passing yards and three touchdowns. Chris, is Aaron Rodgers a must-start every single week? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he is. Uh, I think there's been, in both Seattle and in Green Bay, the head coaches have said, we have, um, we have had success in years past, but we're not, we haven't made it all the way to the Super Bowl. We have two of the best quarterbacks in the league. It is time to let them throw the ball. And, God, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, if Russell Wilson's the 1A for MVP, then 
Mahomes and Rodgers is either the one B or the two. He's right there too. He's right up there. He has to be. He doesn't even have Devontae Adams. It's unbelievable. Every yeah. I mean, the throws he made last night were just beautiful. The deep balls he was throwing to Alan Lazard were just phenomenal. Ridiculous. Um, really, really, really ridiculous. And yeah, he just they've scored now what forty three, thirty seven, um, and who did, how much did they score in week two? They scored in week two. They played again when they, they scored, played against the Lions. They scored forty three, forty two, and thirty seven so far. Yes, yep. they haven't played great defenses. That's another thing I want to talk. The Saints' defense has just looked a shell of themselves. Thirty one points to the Raiders last week. Thirty seven points to Aaron Rodgers or whatever it was. Thirty-seven, yeah. Um, to Aaron Rodgers and the Packers last night doesn't look good. The Saints, Saints are having they're they're going through it right now. I think they'll pick it up, but yeah, um, yeah, they'll they'll, they'll right pick now. it up. So they they will definitely pick it up. Aaron Jones, sixteen for sixty-nine and a touchdown, yeah. sixty-nine. Nice. Alan Lazard, we talked about him. Probably should have had two touchdowns in this game, yeah. uh, if not for a, just a blatant hook by uh, Janaris Jenkins, uh, Robert Tanyan, 550 and a touchdown. Uh, relevant O-meter, Robert Tanyan, Chris. Zero. Uh, negative 25. <laughs> uh, Mercedes Lewis also scoring a touchdown in this zero. game. Yeah, big fat, big fat, big fat zero. Um, as for the New Orleans Saints, Drew Brees, 29 of 36 for 288 yards and three touchdowns. Chris, is your confidence back in Drew Brees? Uh, the Packers' defense is pretty porous, but, I mean, it, it looked it looked better. And he doesn't have Michael Thomas, though. I mean, once Michael Thomas comes back, um, if Drew Brees is playing in the Superdome, I think you start him. Uh, he, Michael Thomas could, in fact, be back next week when the, yeah. uh, when so, the Saints go up to Ford Field and take on the Detroit Lions. Yeah, and I'd start, yeah, against the Lions. I mean, I know they did look um, good. Kyler Murray played like a rookie this week, though, so I, I, I wouldn't think too much of that. But I think Breeze could, could be in for a real nice day, uh, especially if, if, if Emmanuel Sanders, even though he didn't look great, he did score a touchdown. It's huge for his morale right now. Um, so I, I think, especially, I mean, Alvin Kamara, he deserves a purple heart for what he did last night. And he was just fantastic so six for 58 on the ground 13 receptions 139 yards and two touchdowns um the only thing that i will say i mean i'll be the debbie downer about it because you know my relationship with alvin Kamara. um i would be a little bit concerned that latavius murray out snapped him when it came to the rushes but for the receptions for the receptions i mean there's nothing to really complain about and and latavius murray out rushing Alvin Kamara, twelve to six. It's, 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 it's like I'm being very, very, very picky. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I'm not worried about that at all. I think in a game script where they're losing, I think it also makes sense. Um, it, it makes sense to give Latavius Murray some of those rushes because you know Alvin Kamara is going to be handling a ton of this pass catching work. So I think they probably. Uh, I think they probably game scripted that a little bit. They kind of they knew going in that you know the Packers are a good team. They're going to keep it close. We're not going to be blowing them out. We're going to need Kamara to right. to, to be huge in pass catching work. So I think uh, more carries to come. I, I like him more in that you know twelve thirteen ten to thirteen carry range with the, with the six seven receptions in there um, in the future. So no worries there. Yeah, he's great. Uh, who's the receiver to own if there's no Michael Thomas next week? Emmanuel Sanders or Traquan Smith? Um, 
it's tough. I, I think Emmanuel Sanders should is 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 going to have a breakout at some point. I mean, I'll take Jared Cook. I think over all of them, but I agree. Yep. But yeah, Drew, I think Drew I'd rather I'd rather have Cook over all of them. Yeah. Drew Brees has talked a lot about Traquan Smith being being really good, but yeah. I mean, can I say neither? That's you can absolutely say neither. Yeah. I, I just it's just too risky for each of them. I think, but yet. I, I, I still like Drew. I like Traquan Smith to score, um, especially. I, I don't know if Byron if Byron Jones is is going to be back or not. Um, uh, I've heard I've heard he's doubtful. So if he's doubtful, I mean, I do like Traquan Smith to get in the end zone at some point. I think Drew Brees could throw four touchdowns next week. So uh, have one of those you know signature Drew Brees come out three hundred yards, four touchdowns. If that's the case, um, you can fire up either one of those receivers and hope for a touchdown. As we wrap up week three and we head into the Monday night game, I think the real question between the uh, Kansas City Chiefs going to Baltimore and taking on the Ravens, what player are you not starting tonight? <laughs> uh, wow. I, I would – oh, my God. I mean, oh. you're starting Lamar Jackson. Yeah, you're starting you're, – are, uh, you, are you starting Mark Ingram? That's the area. It's the running back. The problem is the Chiefs defense – they let up. They let running backs run rampant. Yeah, they do. But it's like it's just who do you start? Because Gus Edwards looked fantastic last week. To me, this does scream like a Mark Ingram game. Yeah, I agree. I, I think I like Mark Ingram tonight. I think you can get away starting him. Yeah, I think I think he's. I had him as a high end flex. So I think if you have, if you still have a decision to make, uh, it really depends on what your decision is. But I, Mark Ingram, if you have him in there, you're playing him regardless. Um, Hollywood Brown, uh, I would be playing him. I think he has another 100-yard game tonight. Uh, Mark Andrews, again, starting him. Mark Andrews I'm a little bit concerned with, given he is – it just feels like he's turning into a touchdown-dependent start. I sure and hope so. kind of worries me. Yeah, I, yeah I, I agree. I mean, I think that if there's any time for him to score a touchdown, no, it's, it's tonight. It's tonight when there's going to be a lot of points scored. Yeah, I, I, I do agree. Uh, is there anybody else from the Ravens that I'm missing that maybe should be a start? People wait on J.K. Dobbins um, and maybe Gus Buss in a, in a deep league. and deep league. <laughs> In a very, very, very deep league. He could get an answer. Maybe Gus Buss is okay. You have a chance of him getting an answer. So yeah. um, there's one guy that I think – Will will actually have it's a, it's a very random plug and play. But if you're in a, it's one of those people in 16, 20 person leagues, they do is it. Miles Boykin. Oh, did you did you talk about Willie Sneed? No, I did not talk about Willie Sneed. Okay, it's Willie Sneed, guy. He he seems to he seems to have a knack for putting up about ten fantasy points. So um, that's the only other guy in the Ravens I'll mention. <laughs> yeah, I think he he could be. I think in DFS he could be a a good play for uh, for tonight as well. Yeah. Uh, as for the Chiefs. You're starting Mahomes. You're starting Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Yeah. Uh, you're starting Tyree Kill. Oh yeah. Uh, Sammy Watkins, starter set. Uh, I'd start him. Start him. Uh, uh, start. You're starting Travis Kelsey as well. Um, and I hope you're not planning on playing any of the defenses because there might be seventy combined points tonight. Yeah, I I like. Um, I also like as a a plug and play like blow up type play Michael Hardman tonight. Yep, I do too. Uh, I think in a uh, in a vacuum. I think also I expect 
it, it depends. There, there's one of two ways I see this game going. I see this game either going like every other Chiefs game that has happened over the past eight games where they go down early and it's Mahomes fighting back. But there's also the chance that Lamar Jackson on a Monday night game against the best quarterback in football does kind of what he did against the Titans last year and maybe gets a little nervous. I, I, I don't think in the regular season that would happen. I think that that is more of a playoff thing. But I expect the, the Chiefs to go down. Um, so that's that would bode very well for um, those Chiefs receivers if they were to go down. Who wins tonight? I have the Chiefs. Actually. I have the Chiefs as well, and, and, and especially if 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 you're doing a pick 'em or something with the spread, you got three and a half. You're getting three and a half points to the Chiefs. You're taking those points every day of the week. You're yep. not you're not you're not giving away three and a half points against the Patrick Mahomes team. Like there's just no way. No, you're no. taking Patrick Mahomes with the, with the spread. No, the, the value is plus three and a half. Oh, I would God, agree. The value is is fantastic. Yep, that, that I think is the play for uh, for anybody that is in a pick'em, or if anybody's placing a nice wager in the state of Pennsylvania or in New Jersey or outside the continental United States where gambling is, of course, permitted. Uh, Chris, thank you very much for coming yep. on the podcast. Everybody, please enjoy Monday Night Football. Thank you very much for listening to the Basement Talk Podcast fantasy show. Please check out the Vanilla Basement Talk Podcast and the Basement Talk Podcast Quizitational. Adam will be back tomorrow. We'll be looking at week four waivers. Until then, bye-bye.